Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new season of The Bird Brains, along with my partner, the ex-Eagles beat writer for NJ.com and the Trenton Times, Mark Eckel. I'm ex-Philadelphia Eagles and Philadelphia Stars tight end, Ken Dunnick, and we welcome you to another season. Mark, we have a lot to talk about, many changes, and uh, we'll get into it in depth, and we hope to have a special guest here joining us shortly. I do want to mention our sponsor, Jersey Man and Philly Man Magazine, the only men's magazine in the Philadelphia area. And uh, if you're interested in a franchise, USA Man Franchising now has franchises in Boston and Miami. So if you might be interested in a local media business in your area, contact me, Ken, at jerseymanmagazine.com. Okay, Mark, let's, let's get into it. We've got a rookie head coach. Uh, by the way, the Atlanta game, it's an interesting uh, anomaly here. It's the first time an Eagles rookie head coach has faced off against another rookie head coach <laughs> since 1973, wow. and it was against the St. Louis Cardinals. Can you tell me who the coaches were in that game? Uh, God, <laughs> the Eagles would have been, God, in 73, was that McCormick? It was. Mike McCormick was the Eagles coach. Was Don Coriel with the Cardinals? Don Coriel. Wow. How good am I? Come on. And I threw that at your blind. This is not a You really did. No, we did not. I did not. And and I'm not. We're doing this. I I don't have time to look it up. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's pretty good. Who who, who won? That I don't know. (laughs) I'll have to go back to the archive. I'm guessing the Cardinals. He was pretty bad back then, so I'm I'm guessing the Cardinals won. But listen, we've got a lot to talk about, and let's talk about some of the people who are gone and who are here. Of course, the Eagles made a coaching change. Nick Sirianni replaces Doug Peterson as the Eagles head coach. Carson Wentz is now an Indianapolis Colt. Uh, if he can stay healthy on the field, I hope he gets his uh, vaccine soon. Otherwise, I wouldn't, he'll be, count. I wouldn't count on that. Yeah, I, I know. It's a strange situation. Uh, Travis Fulgham, who really made an impact for the Eagles last season, has been put on the practice squad. He was waived. And a guy who I thought a couple games might have been the best player on the field, Richard Rodgers, the tight end, was released. Of course, the Eagles have a lot of depth at tight end. So let's let's talk about who's here. Zach Ertz, who was widely speculated (laughs) that he was going to be traded in the offseason, remains an Eagle. Of course, Dallas Goddard is looking for a new contract. They've got a kid, Jack Stahl, who they seem to like at tight end. He's on the roster. Uh, they go ahead and sign Gardner Minshew, the quarterback from Jacksonville, which they traded for him. Uh, a lower, I think it was a sixth-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. It's a sixth that could become a fifth if, if Minshew plays a certain amount of games or plays or something. And I actually love that signing. I think you need depth at quarterback. I think uh, Joe Flacco, who knows how much he has left in the tank. And, you know, if Hurts goes down, you need somebody that can step in there right away. And I think Minshew is a pretty good option. Um, and they and they keep J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, which to me, I don't know. There's no production there. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot going on. I don't really know why that's that's happening. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about that and, uh, and talk about some of the changes in the roster and what you think of the moves that the Eagles have made. Uh, some are surprising. Uh, let's, 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 go, let's start with the coaching. Um, I mean, so, you know, obviously they got rid of Doug and they brought in Sirianni, but they all, it's, it's a whole new staff as well. Um, 
they didn't. I don't, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Jeff Stoutland is the only carryover from the only, the only holdover, staff, from that which is also prior regime. He's yeah. a holdover from Kip Kelly's staff, so he's he's been he's been there. Now. He's been there for a while. Yeah, uh, that's. I understand. You know, new coach wanting to bring in his own people, but usually you keep a feeling like Doug kept not just Stoutland. He kept Deuce. He kept the special teams guy Fip. Um, you know, when when Chip came in, I believe he kept a few of Andy's guys. I'm not mistaken now. I know Andy kept, like, Juan Castillo and, and Harbaugh from well, Ray Rhodes. Part, part of the problem between Peterson and the front office is they didn't want Peterson's coaches to begin with. So that was, <laughs> yeah, that was part of the problem. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mark, hold that thought. I think our guest is joining okay. us. Kevin, are you with us? Guys, how we doing? Good to uh, join you. On hey, this Kevin, the guy the of, of ESPN, ESPN Sports Center is joining us, and Kevin, of course, is a Temple grad, a Philly native, and hosts the six o'clock ESPN Sports Center every night with uh, one of my all-time favorites, L. Duncan. Kevin, how are you? Thanks for joining us today. I'm great. I'm great. I'm uh, looking forward to the season. I, I, you know, we're a few days away, and I can tell you there's such an unknown for a season like this, because we have no track record, right, of Nick Sirianni. When you look at previous coaches, you're aware of them. We have no idea how Nick Sirianni is going to handle situations, and it's going to be interesting to see if they're in some close games, especially, let's just say, week one against the Falcons, how he handles the clock, how he handles the play calling, you know, if, if they're within a touchdown um, with two or three minutes to go, and how Jalen Hurts handles that I'm more curious than, uh, than making any type of assumptions of where this team's going to be. Because I, I think, guys, like, I think six and a half is a very good, you know, Vegas number when it comes to wins. Because I wouldn't be surprised if you take the under. I wouldn't be surprised if they won seven games. I wouldn't be surprised if they won nine games. That's, that's kind of where we're at specifically with this team. Yeah, I, you know, I tend to agree with you. That I'm a, a, normally a rookie head coaches scare the daylights out of me. The saving grace with Nick Sirianni for me is Frank Reich recommend, recommends him so highly, and uh, I have a lot of confidence in Reich and, and his ability not only to coach but to cultivate coaching talent. So, you know, that, that's a plus. I do think the Eagles have infused their roster with some young, exciting players, and we'll go through them step by step. And to me, the the key to the Eagles, especially offensively, is that offensive line. If it stays healthy, it should be an asset this year because last year it was decimated. Ken, I I think you nailed it. That's what it comes down to, right? Uh, And let's let's be frank here. This team does not have a lot of depth throughout the roster. Um, So injuries have ravaged this team over the last couple of years especially on the offensive line. So if that line, which features a ton of veterans, can stay intact, uh, that can only help, I think, the advancement of what we want to see in Jalen Hurts and the development of the wide receivers. Um, It's now – I'm excited about Devontae Smith. I I really cannot wait to see – because I think there's a dependability that he will bring and a credibility when it comes to performance. Uh, that you saw in college. No one works harder. No one, I think, stays like Hertz and him are very similar. They stay even keel regardless of the situation. 
They don't get super high or super low. When I, say, when I say that, we've seen some receivers in the past, when they have a few drops, they get really down on themselves and lose confidence. And Devontae Smith's not one of those type of guys. I hope Jalen Rager can find some rhythm and, and find an even keel when it comes to, hey, regard, there's going to be some days you're going to catch the ball twice. There's going to be some days you're going to catch the ball eight times. You've got to have the same type of emotion week in and week out. And that is just even keel. Um, and, and I'm kind of curious about Dallas Goddard taking the next step. I heard you guys briefly talk about that. I'm curious about where he could stay consistent on catching balls across the middle. And consistency is really key with Goddard. Yeah, I agree. And, and Mark, go ahead and jump in again. Yeah. I, will, I will say this about one of the Eagles receivers, Quez Watkins. You know, here's a, mm. a team that last year was hurting at receiver. They needed speed. You know, this guy couldn't get on the field under Doug Peterson's regime. All of a sudden, you know, he's front and center with Sirianni's offense, and he looked like, to me, he produced uh, certainly in the preseason. Any thoughts on that, Mark? I like I like him oh, coming out. Right. If, you, if you remember that, that, that draft, I didn't love that draft per se, but I did like him. And I, sometimes wide receivers or any position, you know this, Ken, um, it, takes, it takes a year. Maybe he needed that learning curve. Maybe in, And you say Doug Peterson's regime didn't get him on the field. Well, from what I've been told, and we've talked about this, didn't Howie Roseman decide who plays and who didn't play? That's a good point. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I would have played – and they are 4-11-1 last year. What do you guys, I would have – I didn't have to see, you know, some of those guys that aren't here anymore play last year. I mean, I, that was – last year was a disaster. Yeah. It's probably good because a lot of guys are gone because it was time. It was time to move on from a lot of players that were on that team. Um, I don't. I still think Doug got a bad deal, but that's just my own opinion. Um, I think curious a lot is a good word, Kevin. That, that you brought. Curious is probably the key word to this Eagle season because I'm I'm the same way. I don't think they're going to be like good, good. Like I'm not counting on you know a miracle season, um, I, but I don't think they're going to be like the worst team in the league either as some people have them down you know in the bottom two or three but yeah curious i'm curious about sirianni i'm curious about hurts um i'm curious about the defense which is a bunch of new guys and a, and a new coordinator i mean and not only is sirianni unknown so is his staff mm-hmm. I mean, a, lot of, a lot of young coaches yeah guys that, and unknowns i mean it's not like they like I go back a long time with the Eagles. Like when when Andy Reid came in, he was he was kind of unknown. He was in Green Bay, so you knew a little bit from Mike Holmgren and all that. But he was unknown, you know, the quarterback coach in, in Green Bay. But he brought in guys you heard of. Rod Dowhower was his offensive coordinator. Rod Dowhower had been a head coach in the league. Uh, Jim Johnson was his defense coordinator. You know, a guy that, an older guy that had been had been around for years and years. I mean, I know I'm old. These guys look look like little kids to me. <laughs> yeah, be interesting to see I, how Mark, this coaching staff responds. Go ahead. Go. You're 100 percent right too on 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 how young this staff is because that's going to play a big role. That inexperience, specifically yeah. out the gate. I, I I think it's fair. I take the Gruden viewpoint here. Maybe the only thing I take from John Gruden is that you look <laughs> at things in quarters, right? And that is specifically the first four games, the second four games, the third four games, before you can ever come to a conclusion. And out the gate, guys, I mean, this Falcons game's 
a pretty big one just because the mental state of this team and where they're at. Because after that, you've got the Niners, you've got the Cowboys, you've got the Chiefs, oh, the Panthers, hey, listen, and the Buccaneers. <laughs> we did not get a break with this schedule. Normally, when you have a tough year, you get an easy schedule. I think this schedule is very challenging for the Eagles. Except the division. The division. Well, the division, yeah. But, but you know, even, uh, listen, Washington, their defense is very good. I think they win the division. Dallas needs to improve on defense. I think New York Giants, their offensive line is lacking, and I think they're going to struggle. So the Eagles should pick up uh, a few wins within the division. But, you know, Kevin mentioned it. You know, Kansas City, Carolina, Tampa Bay, at the Raiders, you know, the the Chargers, at Denver, which is a tough place to play, home against New Orleans. This is a difficult schedule for the Eagles this year. Yeah, it is. And, And like you said, too, it's it starts difficult, and that's for a new coach and a new quarterback. Um, it would have been nice to have to have to open with the Giants, maybe you know, or open with the I don't know. I'm trying to think of another. East. They have the Jets. You know, open. You know, teams that you're more on the level playing that surface with. You know, I mean, um, it, yeah. If, if if things, I mean, I've seen it before. We we've all seen it around teams. A new coach needs to win this player is over, right? So if they're on four, some of the veteran players are going to start rolling their eyes, right? They're going to start saying, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. We're on four. Look, at this. Look what happened. This and then that spread. That could spread through the locker room. I mean, it could go south in a hurry, if things, if, especially if they get blown out. I mean, if, if you lose a tough one, okay. But if, if they're losing, if, you know, if the Niners come in and really give them a beating, or Tampa Bay or Kansas City, and guess what? Andy Andy's not going to hold back. They fired his boy. <laughs> so he's, mm-hmm. not gonna, he's not calling the dogs off in that game. Well, I, I do believe that uh, this opener is actually uh, somewhat favorable for the Eagles, even though they're at Atlanta. This is also a team in transition. They have a new head coach. They struggled on defense last year. They struggled in protecting Matty Ice uh, last season. And, you know, I think the Eagles, I can see a scenario where they can be competitive at the Falcons. What do you think, Kevin? I, I agree. I mean, here's my biggest concern when we, when we face teams like the Falcons and, and a handful of the, the teams in our division. They all can throw the football, right? And, and what's our secondary outside of Darius Slay? Um, you know, you got Maddox there, but, like, how much experience do we have on the back end if we do not get a consistent pass rush? Because I, I think how he's invested, and that's the way you do it in the NFL, you invest a ton of money on the front line, right? But that second level and that third level, they first off, and Mark and Ken, you guys can weigh in on they how he's never valued, you know, the second line of defense when it comes to the linebackers. And nope. when you do not have a consistent secondary, especially at the safety position, with, if, who knows about Rodney's status, McLeod with his health, it, it exposes a lot of things with a passing game that Matt Ryan, a veteran quarterback, can reveal, right, can expose and immediately against Calvin Ridley and, and Kyle Pitts. That's my biggest concern against a team like the Falcons. Well, I will say one other thing, guys. The Eagles were benefited last year. I mean this when I say this, when it wasn't sellout at the link. Because of oh, one thing. No question. Jeffrey Lurie is fully aware of what the crowd is like. And that plays a huge role, I think, on some, some of the thinking and the mindset. And if this team, like you guys just brought up, struggles, and, and Philadelphia connects with a team where they know their shortcomings, there are no expectations. We just want some, 
somebody out there to give it their all. And if there are close games, I think the fan base will be patient and understanding but to a certain extent. If these games are blowouts and there is no right. involvement or interaction, it could get really ugly really quick inside that locker room because I think it'll be, uh, you know, an avalanche coming uh, downward from Howie trying to figure things out and stop the bleeding. And it could be very ugly after the first six weeks if they're not into games. Okay, they're going to lose a lot of games. But if they're not into games, that's going to play a huge role with the environment around the link. Listen, I've always said, and I was lucky, I played on two winners in Philadelphia. I played for the 80 NFC champion Eagles and, of course, the Philadelphia Stars. In the USFL, were a tremendously successful you know, like, team. Your whole career and, is going to championship games. What do you mean? Oh, no, I, I, I know. I, 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 tried to, I tried to market myself as a good luck charm, and even that yes. didn't work at the end. But, but I will say this about Philly fans. and If they think you care as much as they do, and you put out the effort, they're in your corner. Yeah. They're, they're there. They're there win or lose. They're avid fans. They're passionate fans. They don't want to see the Ricky Waters who who who's me who's what or whatever he said. They don't want to see that. Yeah, they 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 want the players who are making mega millions now to care and give the effort that they expect, and they deserve it really. So, you know, uh, the the Philly fans are they they just want you know a, a true true effort from passionate fans. And you know, Kevin, you talked about the defensive line. I think you can make an argument the Eagles have the the best eight at, at those defensive end and, and defensive tackle positions. When you talk about Brandon Graham, who went to his first Pro Bowl last year, uh, Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, of course, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat. You've got Ryan Kerrigan now, mm-hmm. who still has some mm-hmm. gas in the tank, I believe. You've got uh, Hassan Ridgeway, and you've got the draft choice, Milton Williams. I don't, I don't know if there's a better eight in football that I can see. Now you talked about backing them up. It sounds like you've listened to the podcast in the past because Mark and I talk about this every week. They don't value linebackers. They're always Mm -hmm. the defensive backs. You've got a starting uh, linebacker uh, of uh, Jannard Avery. I'm not going to pick on him too much because he's from Memphis state and I (laughs) have a tendency to like guys from Memphis state, but Eric Wilson, I mean, not a lot of history there. Alex Singleton was just named a captain. I think he's an energetic player. He's only 6'2", 240. I mean, that, I know it's not tiny, but it's really, you know, I, I think he's a serviceable player. Then, you, you know, you've got Slay at corner with Steven Nelson. Then you've got Avante Maddox as the nickel. McLeod, who's been nicked a little bit, and a new guy, Anthony Harris, at free safety. You know, those names don't give me a lot of comfort. No, you're right. And, and like we've said, when – I mean, it, it goes back before Howie even. Joe Banner and that group, you know, under Andy, like they, they, they don't care about linebacker. I don't, and I never understood why because the Eagles have had some great linebackers in their history. It's not in the last ten, fifteen years. I mean, you, you spoke to a guy that you, that you you played with, Bill Bill Burke. Bill Burke was a pretty good one. I mean, Chuck, Chuck Bednarik was a pretty good one. Go way back, right? They don't win the title without <laughs> Bednarik, and you don't go to the Super Bowl without Burke, right? Do you? Well, he was he was nicked up that year, but he definitely was a, a mainstay on on the defense. They also I, had Lamaster and Bunning and Frank Lamaster, yeah, and Gary yeah, Robinson and, was the last pure linebacker that the Eagles took with the, with the in, in the first round. That's a long yeah, time mm-hmm. ago. 
Or not even you know how long ago that was? I didn't even cover the team then. <laughs> well, that's how old I am. I predate I predate you covering the team, which doesn't make me well, feel. Well, we're about the same age. I, I wasn't yeah. covering when I was in school. <laughs> not much after school, but um, but but that certainly is an area. Here, here's another area of concern. And as I looked at the uh, injury list, Brandon Brooks has a knee already. He was hard, limited at practice. Bullies. The other day, yeah, and now we don't. Uh, luckily for you, Mark, we don't have to talk about Jason Peters anymore. He shipped his injury-prone body to Chicago. Huh. Uh, but um, you know, the Eagles, uh, as we mentioned, and how about Jason Kelsey with this streak? Right? I mean, he. I, I had. A, I was fortunate enough to go to uh, to Canton for Harold Carmichael's induction. I had breakfast with Coach Vermeil, and he told me something interesting. You know, the Eagles, the entire league doesn't hit anymore. We did nothing but hit all day, every day for seven weeks, and we were in game shape when the season started. He told me that uh, Stan Walters, Jerry Sizemore, and Guy Morris, three starting offensive linemen he had for seven years, played every snap in the preseason, played every practice in the training camp, played every, and they missed seven games total. No, three games wow. total in seven years. Okay? Wow. This this new era of the union doesn't let us hit, so we're going to give veterans a day off here. And you know, I believe I truly believe that's why you see when the real action starts that these guys go down so quickly. Any opinions on that, guys? Oh, I agree 100 percent with you, Ken. Not only injury factor, but it used to be. I mean, I don't know how many years ago when it started, where nobody played the last preseason game, right? So, like, you know, the last preseason game was all guys fighting for, the, for that last one or two spots on, on the roster. And it showed up the first game of the season sometimes because you see a lot of sloppy play before that first week and, and some upsets, for that matter. Um, but now the guys aren't playing. Your starters aren't playing at all in preseason. I mean, I, I can go through a list of all the, all the quarterbacks that didn't play in pre or maybe took a handful of snaps. But some didn't play at all. Aaron Rodgers didn't take a snap in, in preseason in, in Green Bay. Now, one is they wanted to see Jordan Love, but the other one is they just, they just didn't want the veteran to play. Yeah, well. So I think now it carries over for the first two or three weeks of the regular season are kind of like preseason games in the sense that the, the, the starters haven't played, but so they're, they're, they're still getting used to each other, you know? And it's, it, it, to me, it, it doesn't help the game. I don't think the games are better because of this, I think. And if you throw in the injury, like you're saying, they're trying to protect guys from getting injured, but more injuries happen because guys aren't physically ready to play. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, just Mark, look at the I, first I, preseason game this year. You know, we, we started out with New England. Bill Belichick, maybe the greatest coach in football history, plays his entire starters the first half, right? We don't play anybody. And th- this is a team that's not expected to contend so to me, it's like, listen, you, there's a certain uh, amount of risk when you take a football field, but you have to be ready to play. And Belichick realizes that and realizes that if he doesn't get his guys game action, they're not going to win anyway. So, but that's the difference between the old school and the new school thought. Don't you agree? Ken, Ken and Mark, I, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly in this situation where this is the first two to three weeks are going to be preseason football that we're going to watch mm-hmm. and we're going to we're going to consume it like it's you know regular season games because it is but because just this is how the appetite is for america with fantasy football and everything where it's just going to be like oh my god this is great 
But in reality, we're going to see a lot of bad football. And the one thing that has stood out to me over the last, I would say, six to eight years is just the tackling is obsolete. It's just bad tackling everywhere. And, and when you don't have those reps in preseason and in practice uh, and you're, you're, you're doing it in real time in game action, no one, no one, and I don't want to be one of those guys who's saying no one wants to hit, but in reality, you see it out there that no one's making that full commitment. Um, and, 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 and at a certain time, it, it's hard to watch the product because then what, what you're seeing is a lot of scoring, a lot of big plays, a lot of explosive plays. Well, why? Because you're not hitting on that second level, right? <laughs> and, and you're not having the safeties come in and make those devastating hits. Now what you're seeing also, and you brought up a great point here, Ken, we don't have depth. The Eagles don't have any – I shouldn't say even we. The Eagles don't have any depth. And when you don't have depth, there's, there's this gamble that you don't want to lose anybody to preseason. But when you have the Belichick philosophy where it's like, I've got, I've got to get this team ready, and I also have to have these veterans ready in the mindset of hitting immediately because we want to jump out the gate strong. It was like two completely different mindsets here in that opening preseason game. And I think, I think the Eagles, the entire month of August, have been, they were holding their breath, keeping their fingers crossed to get to the finish line of week one by saying everybody's healthy. Let's just get there for our first game where we just have everybody there. Because, again, the, when you get past the 22s, it's really tough to look at this uh, roster the rest of the way and say, wait, do they have a, a legit second stringer, you know, at the safety position if they have an injury, specifically, you know, at the linebacker position? Do they have enough depth at the tackle position that has any type of experience? I think that plays a huge role. And, and I think the Eagles are holding their breath the entire month of August to get to the regular season. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Kevin, yeah. we've got about four minutes left, and I'm going to ask everybody for some predictions on the season. But take a couple minutes, Kevin, and tell us about, you know, your, your Philly roots, your journey to ESPN, what it's like, you know, hosting the Sports Center. Uh, give us a, a few minutes of uh, what's going on in your life. Ken, I appreciate you uh, bringing that up. I'm, I'm entering uh, next week will be my 15th year at ESPN, my 15-year anniversary, which is wild. Um, and, you know, doing the 6 p.m. Sports Center for over three years, uh, and, I, and I'm glad you mentioned L. I've not had more fun because L is such a great teammate, and the energy is fantastic. Um, it's been great, and it's been great to represent Philadelphia every time I'm on the air, regardless of the outcome, but to stick up for the Phillies and, and experience the heartbreak with the Sixers and obviously the Eagles and the Flyers. I, I want to make sure whenever people watch that they know that, I've got our back in the city and that I understand how, you know, the Philadelphia mentality is. And, and genuinely, we just have a passion for our, our, our teams because, like you said, Ken, we just want them to care as much as we do day in and day out um, about the product on the field. And one of the cool things that I love, and I've been doing it for five years now, is, you know, uh, doing Sports Center during the week is, is – is my, my, my love because it's why I came to ESPN in the first place, but my passion on the weekends is doing college football in the studio on ABC. And we had a phenomenal opening weekend featuring Georgia and Clemson and the Alabama game. And this weekend we got Iowa, Iowa State, a top 10 matchup. And I'm in the studio with Booger McFarlane and 
to get the chance to watch all the games leading up to, of course, um, our halftime show and pregame and postgame in between the, the triple headers. So I've got the, I feel like I got the best of both worlds in the fall. And, um, and to me, it, it's the best time of year. So I'm, I'm pretty lucky in Connecticut to, to wear the, the Philadelphia hat proud and true every time I'm on the air. Yeah, you mentioned college football. Really good matchups for the first week. You know, Penn yes. State or Wisconsin and uh, Clemson and Georgia was uh, interesting. Okay, we got a minute and a half left, guys. Yeah. Kevin, we'll start with you. Give us your prediction. The Eagles have a 17-game season. What's their record this year? Oh, man. Uh, when you look <laughs> at their schedule, especially out the gate, it, it's, it's going to be tough to, to say that they're even two and four. So with that, I, and then and then in the back end, I think uh, you know Washington's pretty good when it comes to um, I think they're all around talent. Um, and let's not sleep on what the Cowboys can do on offense. So I, I'm going to go. This is a six win team. I, the only thing I ask for specifically is patience with Jalen Hurts, so we can give him a full year to see where he's at and see how he develops, because that'll give us an idea where this team could be when it comes to the draft and their approach. Okay, 6-11 and 11 for Kevin. Mark, what do you think? I'm going to go one game better than Kevin. I'm going to say 7-10. and 10. Okay. Um, Mike Quick agrees with you. He thinks it's going to be a seven-game season, as do I. I think the Eagles, um, with this influx of new blood, is going to provide some excitement. I do think this, the synergy between Jalen Hurts and Smith is going to show up. I love the Smith pick. I thought he was my guy coming out of the draft. And guys, I want to thank you for participating in our first Bird Brains podcast. Kevin, it's been a pleasure having you on. And we appreciate you on SportsCenter and representing Philly the way that you do. And this podcast is available on Facebook, Twitter, and we hope that you listen in. And we're going to do this again next week. So have a good day, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on the Bird Brains. Goodbye.